Hi, welcome to Forbes India's The Startup Fridays podcast. I'm Hari Arakli, tech editor at Forbes India. And in these podcasts, we'll bring you conversations with entrepreneurs who are finding opportunities in solving a variety of problems in multiple areas, from agriculture and satellite imagery to digital finance and cryptocurrencies. We'll also talk to investors from venture capital companies and other folks who are playing a significant role in India's maturing startup scene. You can find a new episode every Friday evening. You can also find us live on Instagram every Friday morning. Stay safe and happy listening. This week's uh, guest uh, has done many things in his life, from being a successful entrepreneur to now uh, you know, helping startups uh, around the world, uh, primarily uh, out of Canada now. But he's also been instrumental in uh, bringing a very highly respected uh, tech accelerator, tech stars, uh, into India, which he brought here three years back, around three years back. Today, uh, his formal designation is Managing Director and Head of Capital and Ecosystem at uh, the Marsh Discovery District. Uh, it's a, a, you know, a very well-known uh, accelerator incubator in North America. It's probably one of the biggest over there, and they're doing some amazing work in multiple areas. Uh, Ray Nival, uh, welcome uh, to Startup Fridays with Forbes India. Fantastic to have you here. Great to be here, Harry. Yeah. Although a little choppy, yeah. uh, always a pleasure to be speaking to you. And yeah. um, I think right there from the beginning, since my uh, my my entry into India with my first startup, um, I, I've been I've been in touch with you, and yeah. we've been uh, having these conversations. So it's always uh, interesting to check in with you. So uh, so for starters, we. Uh, just to get, get us, uh, you know, uh, going, uh, uh, tell us about uh, your entrepreneurial journey first. When you were building Jixi, the word startup was probably not even fashionable in India. Uh, maybe, you know, it was part of a kind of a niche tech circle. Uh, how was that experience? Well, so first off, when I was building Jixi, it was at a time when if we had connection issues like we had uh, five minutes ago, it would automatically uh, be assumed that, that it was because of the Indian side of the conversation. <laughs> that is no longer the case. <laughs> so things have changed quite a bit. Right. But um, you know, back at that time, you know, I was uh, I, I was building in an ecosystem that was very uh, it was very much at its uh, its 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 nascency, right? It was just at the beginning, and. Um, and, and, you know, in many ways, like India had, had always had the DNA of, um, you know, of, of IT and, um, you know, software um, from way back in, 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 you know, the Texas Instruments days. Um, so India had, uh, it wasn't new to this idea of, of tech um, or tech startups. But, but, but I think what was new at the time that I entered the Indian market was um, it was the rise of the Indian consumer. It was the rise of the of Indian consumption. And and that was creating all kinds of opportunities um, that the internet was um, was supporting and mobile specifically was supporting. Mm. And and so it was it was a very interesting inflection point because prior to that a lot of a lot of the the focus of Indian tech had been
largely, uh, you know, through through consultancy services, right? And and I think that that had uh, that had really started to change. And um, you know, what what brought me to India at that time was just, you know, I had spent a decade uh, working in in media and advertising businesses here in, in, in North America. I had been a part of DoubleClick. I was one of the early employees seeing how advertising was really going to shape the internet in in the Western world as a prevalent business model. I didn't I, I, I saw how I saw the potential of advertising to um, democratize content and and I thought in a market like India um, you know, if this model works, I mean, all of a sudden, all of these different kinds of services and content um, that that you know that, that people had been kind of not participating in would would, would come to life. So I, I thought, just based on you know the average um, consumption that happens in in places in in developing countries, I think that you know models like advertising were really going to be a democratizing factor. So that was what, what drew me there. And I, I built a video streaming platform where the intent was to use advertising and really uh, great streaming technology to, to, make, you know, to make content available to people on the devices they carried, on the networks they could afford. And, and, and that, was what, that was my thesis that brought me to India. Mm-hmm. And you know, I was there at a time when when Ola Cabs was was being built, when Flipkart was being built, um, and and you know, and these weren't only advertising supported models, but they were finding ways. You know, with Flipkart, it was cash on delivery, right? They were finding ways, um, innovations in business models that that allowed you know accessibility from the Indian consumer, and and obviously that has also changed. Significantly, um, you know, where where at one point, you know, at the time that I got to, inter- to to India, the internet in India was really about 15 million people. You know, um, I I didn't anticipate. I, I knew things would change pretty rapidly. Um, I didn't anticipate geo at, at it, to come in and be the disruptive force that it was in India. Um, I didn't rec- I didn't anticipate folks like Tiger, <laughs> who is uh, you know like in SoftBank, uh, which have really um, you know helped fuel a lot of the businesses in India. I, I you know there were a lot of these factors that played into um, you know the this this confluence of a really hungry Indian consumer, um, increasing disposable income. And technology, and and it's just been you know I I've kind of been sitting there throughout, and and you know as an entrepreneur, being an entrepreneur is tough anywhere, <laughs> whether you're in Canada, whether you're in India, it didn't matter, and I was building um, a company for for that market for emerging markets, but for India really, out of Canada, and. And it was real. I was just a fish out of water um, in terms of the business that I was trying to build. You know, at that time, that was not something that that you did. You didn't build a company for India from another country. Um, and and I, you know, I, I made a lot of uh, 
decisions um, that were, you know, really built around what was comfortable for me. Mm. You know, I wanted to, my, I, I'm born and raised in Canada and I have my family, my parents here and, you know, and I, I, this was familiar for me. So I was trying to build a business for India out of Canada and I spun my wheels for a year and a half. Um, before realizing that the only way to really make this happen was to get on a plane, pack my bags, and move, right? And that's when everything started. Now, the ecosystem in Canada that I was building in was pretty nascent then as well. Um, you know, so A, it was already nascent. B, I was building a business where the local um, ecosystem really wasn't, you know, they, they hadn't seen people building businesses for other countries out of Toronto. So, so that, so I, so I'm now in India. I now make the move to Mumbai, and um, and what's interesting is though I'm feeling like I'm in the right place now, um, I am definitely closer to my customer, but uh, I. You know, I am still, I'm still in a really nascent ecosystem, yeah. and but but there is an energy about that ecosystem. Like you know, you, the the the, ch the challenge of being an entrepreneur sometimes is is just um, it's a lonely road, right? And when you're in an environment where not a lot of people have decided to move in that direction, have decided to be entrepreneurs, have decided to be tech startups, and that was the case in 2009, 2010, um, you know, you, uh, yeah, you, you know, you, you, you really have to, have to figure it out. And, um, and that was, uh, that was what, what, that was the situation in Mumbai in 2009 was, um, there weren't a, a lot of social circles of entrepreneurs to, uh, to hang out in. So, you know, when things go wrong, and, and I had, was in a situation where I was a completely, I was, I was a, just a complete, completely new to India. Um, so lots went wrong. Everything that could go wrong went wrong. I hired the wrong people sometimes. I made uh, mistakes in terms of who I raised money from. I um, made uh, you know, all kinds of, of issues, and you know, ultimately, I've written about this, but I've boiled them down to issues of signaling. Yeah, like it, it, it became, it, it, I, I really, it was a lonely road at that point, and when you could find any entrepreneur out there, um, you would really hold them close <laughs> because you really wanted that support. So it, it is, it is, you know, when I, and you know, I know we're going to talk about some of this, but when I had the opportunity. To come back years later, after I'd exited Jixi and expand TechStars, what was what was the reason I took that job was because a I believe tremendously in the power of in, of, in the potential of the Indian um, market as an opportunity and the Indian startups and their capabilities, but I wanted to build a community. I wanted to take some of the values that I believed were very core to Techstars and that platform and, and the way they had supported um, early stage companies 
I wanted to help bring some of that to the Indian startup ecosystem. Mm. By the way, uh, just to kind of, you know, in some ways, full circle uh, point, uh, just the other day I was talking to uh, a really talented founder and she's building her company out of Bangalore and Toronto today. <laughs> and, uh, it's happening. Yeah, it's happening Why now. It's happening change. now. Yes. Yeah. So, so, so to get back, uh, you know, so you you were uh, involved in bringing uh, uh, several cohorts uh, of uh, startups uh, in Textiles India. Um, what did what did that uh, kind of tell you about how the Indian startup ecosystem is evolving? The kind of startups that you encountered. Well, so I had spent all my time in in Mumbai when I was in India, right? So, and this was from 2009 to 2014. Um, I had made one or two trips to Bangalore, but I hadn't spent uh, a lot of time there. So I arrived in Bangalore in 2018, and I go to a coffee shop, um, you know, sort of Blue Tokai or Third, Third Wave was the one I went to, and uh, in Indranagar. And at every table, it appears that there are entrepreneurs because I start hearing about like seed rounds and, 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 and it's very clear that there, there are, this is the place where almost every VC is having a, a conversation with an entrepreneur. So it felt very different for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I really think about that moment of arriving and seeing, um, you know, everyone in this random coffee shop talking about their, their startups and and uh, interviewing people that like wow this is how far it, it has come right so so I was I would that was my my entry into Bangalore in in 2018 um, but yeah you know it, it has changed a lot um, there, there the the idea in fact I one of the things I, I noticed was there was a lot of romanticizing about startups all of a sudden the you know, the narrative had flipped. Um, it became cool to build a startup. It became fashionable to build a startup. And and that part of it, by the way, is as I understood later, is, is, is being in Bangalore, which which obviously is, uh, you know, is the ethos of Bangalore is very much about tech and startups. But, you know, it, it became, it really became so exuberant, this idea of building a startup and raising capital, you know, when I when I, I I realized the needle had swung completely in the other direction. What had happened was we had now. Um, I mean, it was great that everyone wanted to build startups, but what had what had happened was the the venture backed startup really became the only way, and everyone was talking about you know raising money as if that was the goal. Mm. And, and so I, I had noticed a, I had noticed a switch, and and so you know a lot of my talks that I would do when I was running TechStars was was that you know look and TechStars look is a VC we invest in companies but I think it's important for people to know when they're building a company that you don't just need to build a, a, a venture backed company that's one way to build a company um, you know ultimately. You know what's important is the problem you choose to solve, yeah. and you know if you're solving a problem that requires a lot of money, um, a lot of scale, uh, a lot of technology investment, 
then venture capital is the right path. I just found that there were conversations I was having where it was immediately assumed that a, a founder should build a venture-backed company. And, and that wasn't always the case, mm-hmm. right? So I, I, I'd seen that, that, um, that, that evolution happen, that flip. Hmm. After I think three uh, or four cohorts, uh, and, I, and I think you were also involved with the latest, you mentoned some of the companies in the latest cohort at Textiles India, and you went back to Canada towards the end of 2020. Um, so do you, tell us a bit about uh, Mars Discovery District. I, I'd imagine not a lot of people in India would be familiar with it. So what's interesting is I, I, received, um, I received an email from an old friend, uh, Srini, the other day, uh, who Srinivas, who had built, uh, he was the founder of Tihub uh-huh. in Hyderabad. And uh, he had noticed on LinkedIn that I had joined Mars. I hadn't had a chance to chat with him in a few years. Mm-hmm. And he says, he says to me, he says, you know what? He says, our inspiration for Tihub was Mars. Awesome. Okay. So in actuality, there's much more familiarity with Mars than even I knew. So Mars is, uh, to give everyone a, an idea of, of Mars, is it, you know, so physically, I, I, though I haven't actually set foot in the building uh, as an as, as employee of Mars, but, but years back when I was building my business, I spent a lot of time in Mars. And the building itself is the place that insulin was discovered hmm. by, by Banton and Best. Um, it is the place that uh, baby formula was invented. Um, you know, close to there is the place where we invented the pacemaker, right? So, so there is a, 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 it's a very special place from an innovation perspective, from an, in, you know, a, a invention perspective. Um, what, what has happened is about 20 years ago, a group of people came together in, in Canada led by a doctor named John Evans. And, you know, they realized that we had really good R&D, we had really good talent, we were capable of building great things in this country, in Canada, but we needed to get better at commercialization. We needed to get better at supporting researchers and supporting inventors, supporting entrepreneurs, to scale, right? And, and, and that started with an interest in making that happen in the sciences. And so the government came together um, with these, with these uh, individuals who, who weren't from the government, and, mm. and they funded this, this non, not-for-profit called Mars, which became the largest innovation hub in all of North America, right? And now it's also a model outside. And, and, you know, at, at Mars, my role there is I manage the ecosystems. And our ecosystems are clean tech, health science, and software, right? So, you know, for me, honestly, it's, it's like I, I have spent a lot of my career in software. Um, I am super uh, interested in learning as much as I have to offer when I, when I join, uh, when I take on different roles. So for me, I get to spend a lot of my time with people who are very deep industry experts mm. in these spaces. So I get to spend a lot of my time getting you know, more entrenched 
in areas that I really didn't know a lot about, like clean tech and like health science, right? So, but but what we do as as a group is we we are here to create leverage. We're here to create paths for 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 ventures in Canada. So if you think about it, there's the challenge of building a company. There's the you know you have to hire the right people. You have to capitalize the company. You have to set the vision, right? I I have now I've now taken on this responsibility of doing that for an ecosystem, right? So so I now think about the problems of, you know, how do we improve paths to liquidity for Canadian startups? Um, how do we expand the 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 number of, of the capital community, the folks investing in ventures that mm. come into that, mm. that come from Canada. Mm. How do I expand the opportunity for these ventures to 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 compete, to actually trade in in mm. in, in other countries, in other markets mm. throughout the world, right? So it's it's creating those areas and and bringing together government, um, industry, venture capital along with the entrepreneurs to solve those problems. That's, that's what I do. Hmm. Uh, and I know you write uh, actively on Medium uh, and elsewhere. So, you know, in terms of lessons uh, of how Mars has succeeded in supporting now upwards of 1,400 companies, I think collectively uh, they've created value of billions of dollars, uh, generated, uh, I think, thousands of jobs and so on. Uh, so, and you talked about how emerging markets, uh, and you've written about this, can become sort of the place where the next hectocorns can come out of. Uh, so, so can you kind of talk about these two ideas, in lessons from Mars, and why you think uh, big companies can come out of uh, India, and how the ecosystem can make that happen here? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm a big believer. I, I mean, you know, previously, well, it largely came, like, I mean, there's, there's two parts, like innovation, is, is not just a function of invention, it's a function of uh, delivery, of distribution, mm. right? And, you know, I think that what we're experiencing through technology, um, largely through the mobile internet, is a normalization of access throughout the world. That, that was not access, was not, uh, was not a, a common attribute. You know, the ability to access certain things like, you know, for example, information, uh, telephony, um, way back in the 80s or 90s, was very different in, in a developed country than it was in an emerging market, right? Um, and, and so what's happened is there's been a lot of leapfrogging that has occurred, right? India, you know, by and large, leaped, leapfrogged the, the the desktop computer, right, to become a, a mobile computing type market, and and so, but but there's been a normalization now through the internet because this mobile internet isn't just India. The norm, mobile internet is, is is North America, Europe, Asia, as much as it is, as much as it is India, right? So. So now, what do we when we deliver things over over that that common um, platform, that common interface? It means anyone can access it, right? And 
So, so the capability to access everything if things are, are uniform. What, what need, you know, a lot of the innovations, like when I, when I look at the, the, the cool thing about, about looking at different ecosystems around the world is that you get to see that there's certain, there's certain reasons that, that innovations come from certain areas. Um, there are certain reasons that, that we can expect um, a kind of company to come from India versus coming from another place. So, so there's superpowers that, that, each, that each ecosystem has, right? And, and one of the superpowers that India has is the ability to, to make things, to make services, to make goods accessible. To a to a large audience at, at, a, at a price that still allows profit to happen mm. right that is that is something that India has mastered right um, and I think that 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 is a, a you know that business model innovation which is you know starts from the very basic like satch satchet pricing right um, that's something that plays into a lot of different types of new services, new products. Because all it is is making something accessible. Um, so it's the fact that India has figured out how to deliver these things for its own. Like, like India is it. one of the things I realized in, in so many years of working in India is is there are there are there is a developed country within India. India represents so many different population types and so India is representative of almost every other place in the world within that one country and has figured out how to serve all of those people so you know it's very difficult in countries like America or Canada or France um, to figure out how to serve and, and make things accessible to uh, you know, a poor population, to a population of people who don't have significant disposable incomes. Yet in India, we make things that we make we make we make four G telephony data accessible to everybody. Right? We find business models to make it work for everybody. So I think that that is just an example of one superpower. But that's why you know if you look at you know, you look at what, what I see a lot of these days is the emergence of India as a global SaaS player, mm. right? And, and I think, you know, you look at Freshworks, uh, Druva, right? These are companies that originated in India that are probably going to make the majority of their business outside of India, yeah. right? So, so I think, I think they're from a, from a technology perspective, Perspective, India has always been great. They, they, you know, India has always had amazing engineers. We've always been able to build it. From a business model perspective, India is able to build for scalability from the very beginning. What was missing is that the ability to really sell a product using the brand language and business language that resonates with others. Right, the the culture of selling, the culture of, of promoting and marketing goods changes depending on where you are 
in the world. And mm. one of the things that, and this is not just true. Of, I mean, when you're in, when you're in America, when you're in Canada, you want to buy American, you want to buy Canadian, you want to. But, but what you really want to buy is what's familiar, mm. because familiarity equals trust. Yeah. And what companies like Freshworks and Drew and others have figured out is is how to establish familiarity with audiences that aren't in India. And so that, to me, was the final check. It's, it's pretty good. Uh, one, one, one quick question. Um, cloud software companies uh, have definitely uh, shown that Indian companies can go, go global. Uh, even very small uh, startups, which are just starting out, are now looking at you know, global markets. Uh, what are your thoughts on whether the larger ecosystem in India can uh, kind of replicate that? And also, in that context, um, I'd like you to talk about whether the so-called deep tech startups that are beginning to come out of India now, whether they can uh, look at global markets. Yeah, so I, I think that, um, you know, and, and I, I think about this a lot also from from where I sit in Canada. I, I think we have to build, you know, building building venture-backed companies that that are going after, that by, by virtue of building venture-backed companies, the whole venture business requires us to develop companies that have very high valuations, right? There has to be very large outcomes. And for, for many countries, there is no choice but to go global from a very early stage. Mm. Um, for India, I think there is a, it, it's the one country that has, or one ecosystem that offers, um, you know, the ability to build a very large company at home for a local market or mm. build a very large company for the rest of the world. Um, so I think India has both. And, and I think that there is enough of a connection there between India and the rest of the world that, that we're, and, and, you know, it takes, it takes one example to start. And we're, we, we've seen more than one example now of companies that, that can be built in India for the rest of the world. The other thing that's happened is the pandemic. Um, what the pandemic has done is it has it has created and it, it was always it was always it was never a preferred path for an early company or even even a, a kind of moderate sized company to um, you know to build with multiple headquarters. Mm-hmm. Um, it was never a preferred path to have people sitting uh, distributed. Uh, around the world at the at, at the, the early, early stage of a company, mm. um, the pandemic changed that. The pandemic forced us to have to find ways to work remotely, and and what it did was it it got rid of the the need um, to have to you know to really focus our efforts on finding people around us to work with. So founders are no longer spending their end, but they couldn't. Like it became impossible to to meet to for collisions to happen. So founders, you know, the ability to meet other founders during a pandemic when you're looking for co-founders, that was that pretty much um, you know went away. But what it did at the same time was it opened up an interest in partnering with 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 co-founders who are from anywhere 
And so what the phenomenon that occurred there was you started to see companies with 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 founders in the valley in in Toronto in Bangalore. And and I've seen quite a few examples of these companies you mentioned earlier, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so so all of a sudden we're not building an Indian company, we're not building a Canadian company, we're not building an American company, we're building a global company from the very beginning, right? And and so I think in many ways the pandemic has accelerated that shift. It was already occurring, but it was very, very much an edge case. Um, I think the pandemic has made it a preferred path because when you, when you have uh, a technical co-founder in Bangalore, when you have a you know, a, a, a operations person in in the valley or you you have your CEO elsewhere, like all of a sudden you're now thinking about those markets. You're thinking about those geographies from a very early stage of the company. Yeah. And that wouldn't have happened before. So so there is definitely a shift. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna try and see if we can quickly take uh, at least two questions. Uh, here's the first one. Uh, Khalid Fani says how can Mars Discovery help us with support? Maybe we can reframe the question uh, in the following context. Any lessons from uh, your experience at Techstars and Mars uh, to see how uh, institutions uh, like these large incubators and accelerators can help founders who come from smaller uh, towns and cities versus uh, large cities? Yeah, look, I I think the uh, opportunity doesn't discriminate, right? And, and I think that a lot of, in, a, in a lot of the cases, the, the problems to be solved aren't, aren't just big city problems, mm-hmm. right? There are problems that, that, that affect, uh, you know, all, all people, um, you know, across rural, urban um, areas. And so I think that it's really important to have the insights that, that come from, from folks who aren't just in in the cities. And so when you think about hubs like Mars or T-Hub, right, um, the idea there is to create a meeting point and, and that, but that meeting point to, to work effectively needs to be inclusive of, of people who, who, who come with the background, the insights, the ideas. And, and so I, I think, you know, by, by, by creating hubs, that allow people from Kashmir or anywhere else in India, anywhere else that, that you know, it may not be that, that you know, yet, that there's um, enough uh, happening in tech in, in Kashmir um, to build a hub yet. But I think there's a lot of, I think we need to, as we build these hubs in places that are connected um, throughout the countries, that they be inclusive. And, and so when, when we are building in building Mars where we cover clean tech and health science and software, you know, we can't just think about Toronto, right? And by the way, we also can't just think about Canada. Um, we have to, you know, it's really important to me to bring in perspectives from the rest of the world, uh, especially for a country like Canada. Like, let's, let's be honest. We are a country of 35 million people. Um, to build a a very large company is very difficult to do on the basis of the Canadian population alone. Um, so to be able to build a company that can serve the 
the world population, we need to be able to, to create collisions. We call them collisions, right? Collisions of ideas, create collisions of, of background, of insight. And so I think we have to be able to bring these different ideas and experiences into the mix. And that's why, that's why these hubs are so important. But it's not just about it's not just about the hubs. Like an ecosystem is only is is not just one place. An ecosystem is the accelerators. It's the it, you know in in, in Toronto um, we have we have in, in Ontario in Canada we have we have innovation hubs sprinkled throughout uh, that are in different cities that are, are are approximate to to universities colleges right and and I think that 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 ecosystem also relies on you know mentors and this was the powerful thing with Techstars that 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 kind of I I learned was how important uh, a great base of mentors are to the the potential for 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 companies in an ecosystem for ventures in an ecosystem you know that that experience but also that mindset of not just being there to you know to for, for personal gain but being there just to support you know to give back is really important to seeing the proliferation of, of an ecosystem hmm. okay one quick last question uh, again uh, I want to try and get some focus into this question. You've already talked about uh, clean tech and health and uh, software and enterprise software, but maybe uh, you could give us a couple of specific, uh, I know, ideas about the thinking uh, in places like Mars, uh, in terms of why uh, you you know you you think supporting clean tech, for example, it probably looks obvious, but maybe it isn't. Uh, you know, especially clean tech, which is yet to catch up in India. Uh, you know, why are you supporting it, uh, you know, sort of proactively? And what are the kind of companies, you know, that you think will come up in the in the foreseeable future? Okay. Yeah, I, well, well, first off, it's, a, it's, it's probably the biggest problem of our time. Yeah. Right? Uh, and, and so, you know, I, I, I think it, it's the first principles here start with, you know, what are the problems we really have to solve? And, 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 our planet and reducing um, greenhouse gas emissions—that's um, a big problem. If we don't, if we don't solve that, that problem, um, we're all screwed, right? So, so, so that's that's a starting point. There's some big problems. We, you know, as, as an innovation hub, um, you, you kind of have to figure out what what problems are you going to solve, and and that's determined by the size and scale of the issues, the problems that we're dealing with. It's also determined by what what capabilities exist. Where what are your like if you think about the ecosystem, as I said earlier, different every place that I've been to has different superpowers. They they are capable of of generating, you know, different kinds of companies. And so, you know, we have we have a lot of great schools we have a lot of, uh, we have now enough um, that has happened in terms of reference cases on clean tech companies that, and it's not just in Ontario, this is throughout Canada, that, you know, we actually, we actually punch above our weight 
in in terms of, of our of our clean tech ecosystem. Um, and and so it makes a lot of sense that once you've got a big problem, once you've got some some you know you, you you've had some examples of companies that have come through. Um, you've got through those companies, you know, mentors, uh, angel investors, um, you know, different kinds of expertise. You've got you've got schools that are generating, um, you know, talent. Uh, so when you put those things together, it makes a lot of sense to focus on clean tech in this case, or health science, or software, right? So so I'd say a lot of that is is why it made sense to go down the clean tech route. But you know, I, look, I think in India. There, there is, there are great examples of clean tech companies, right? Um, you know, Sun King is one one company that I spent some time with, uh, like ten years ago, which is a massive company, right? Isn't the company you talk about in terms of, of, of venture, but you know, built out of Mumbai, um, and 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 uh, there was some involvement with MIT, um, solar lamps. Right, uh, solar-powered lamps, but then eventually became solar-powered uh, battery generation. Right, so there was a there was a lot of activity um, in the solar space in, in India. But um, you know that's that's just one example. But there but there are, you know, I, I think there's there has to be enough there to for it to become a path. So I look at I look at an ecosystem as really a path. Um, and if there is a enough of a path to go from um, you know these these sparks all the way to um, you know a massive uh, impact, and that impact can be economic, it can be um, you know it can be uh, you know bringing down uh, greenhouse gas emissions you know by a certain amount. Like there's different kinds of impact, and and so where there's you know, a potential path from that spark to that impact. What an ecosystem is supposed is, is really doing is just is just allowing that journey from point A to point B to happen quicker, right? And and so so that's what I mean. If you think about it, where is there some type of a you know a, a potential path from point A to point B that's important for the country, right? And and that's where the ecosystem hubs and participants all work together to just enable a velocity of travel from path, path, from point A to point B. Awesome. Uh, wonderful conversation, Dre, and uh, I wish we could keep going, but I've completely run out of time. Thank you so much for making time uh, this morning for you in Canada and uh, lovely rainy evening, in fact, in Bangalore, except for the COVID pandemic. Anyway, <laughs> so great, great to have you on the show. Thank you again. Thank you, Harry. It's a pleasure to be here as always, and uh, I'm glad that uh, that the, the connectivity uh, gods allowed us to, <laughs> to at least have a great conversation together. Thank you. Thank you. So that was Ray Newall, uh, MD and head uh, of uh, Capital and Ecosystem at Mass Discovery District. That's it for today's Startup Fridays conversation. Uh, next week, I'll be back uh, with an entrepreneur who is trying to popularize e-bikes in India. Until next time, uh, wherever you are, I hope you're staying safe and doing well.